are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today on Westwood One. This is the Steve Dace Show podcast powered by CRTV. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here alongside me. We would love it if you would join us. Here's how. Email the program. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Let's give the audience a little taste of what is to come. Aaron, I'll start with you. How can I make this as clickbaity as possible? Uh, the Dace, no, the CR Roundtable graded President Trump midway through 2018. You'll never guess. How he was graded. No, that doesn't work. Uh, if you ever, here, here you go. If you ever wanted to know what my college transcripts look like, it's how <laughs> most of us graded Donald Trump. So you want to ch- check that out. Nice. Todd. Yeah, Daniel Horowitz kind of gave, uh, the, the Orthodox Jew gave his uh, St. Peter, here I stand, I can do no other. Uh, when you, you tested him on my, uh, the one who is dumbest last loses, and he's he's standing his ground. And when da- when Daniel Horowitz stands his ground, you know you have to pause and make sure uh, you check yourself. Uh, he he he's seeing beyond the dumb to patterns that he doesn't think are totally dead from the past. Um, and I know as a stats guy too, and that's as you talked about on the show. Uh, um, I'm I'm sure you're also fascinated fascinated by the resolve he showed. Well, even if we didn't have the result that we had in 2016, I would still be. I, I well, I wouldn't be hesitant to be more direct in my anal- I, uh, analysis based on this, but I would put a disclaimer on it because even without the result that we had in 2016 that broke a lot of our models and to defend Daniel. Daniel all along uh, thought it was not likely that Trump would win, but cautioned me throughout the race that Hillary's favorables are so high that it wouldn't take a lot to swing a small percentage of the electorate to say, I just, I want something different. We can't do this again. And so, you know, to me, I, I thought it was 90% or higher that Trump would lose. And I would say he probably thought it was maybe closer to 70% or higher. So, I mean, he, he gave him a puncher's chance uh, because of the Hillary factor. So I think we should throw in that it's not, he doesn't, Daniel will not do, Daniel doesn't get paid to do what he does because he automatically will find the most negative potential outcome possible, but because he's willing to analyze outcomes despite the fact they may or may not be what right. he wants them to be, right? So it should be noted that he was he was more optimistic. He didn't think it was a fait accompli that Hillary would win. He thought she was clearly the favorite, but he, he thought all along that, that Trump had a better chance um, – than, any, than most of the rest of the forecasters I know because of the factor with Hillary's negatives. For me, the, 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 you would still have this interesting dichotomy. Even if we didn't have Trump break our models in 2016, you would still have this interesting dichotomy where all of the leading economic indicators that usually determine elections are all in the favor of the Republicans. And yet the enthusiasm energy gap that usually goes a long way in forecasting the outcomes of midterm elections. You know, we've, we, I've talked to you guys before. If you go back to 1960, the dawn of the television age, with the possible exception of 1972, when Nixon never debated McGovern, it could be argued the most likable candidate on television has won every presidential election since 1960. You can make that argument. With that one lone exception... Well, you can make the argument that in the modern era, every midterm election has been won by the party who had the energy gap advantage every single time. Now, that gap has narrowed considerably. It it, it has narrowed, but they still, I mean, their advantage has gone from, you know, 20 to five or six, which is still a pretty good gap. 
when you consider that all of the leading economic indicators are in favor of the Republicans. I, so I would still be struggling with how I would how I would reconcile Wait. those two things yeah. because the things te- that people traditionally vote on are in favor of the Republicans, but we don't really know. This is the first time Trump's going to be on a, even though he's not on a ballot. And what you saw in the, with the, in the Obama years is that o, the Democrats lost every national election when Obama was not on the ballot. Because they got all of his negatives and none of his positives. He wasn't actually on a ballot to vote for. He was still a guy that had very high favorables for the fact that, about on average, about 25% of the country thought we were on the right track during his presidency. But they personally liked him. And so when he, when he was on the ballot, because he was personally liked, he was tough to beat. When he was off the ballot in 2010 and 2014, Democrats got annihilated nationwide. Well, it was more than just him. Pers- it was the fact that he was the first black president. You don't want to get in the way There's of that. There's some of that, sure. There's some of that, sure. And um, uh, and so we, we, we saw this interesting thing where Obama had coattails when he was on the ballot. But when he was off the ballot, he had coattails the other way. He yeah. got you got all of the protest vote to his policies and none of the affirmation vote because I personally like him. We kind of have the reverse now. That's amazing. Where Trump's policies are highly favored by the American people. And his person keep in mind we have a guy who has the highest economic growth in a decade on his watch and he's bragging about discredited Rasmussen polls that give him a 47% approval rating. I, I think that tells you that's how that's where we're at. I, I don't know how we would reconcile this because we've never seen a, a, a guy who's as omnipresent in media. He dominates every sector of media and culture right now. Trump is um, everywhere. And, and you know what's the old Shakespearean line? Familiarity breeds contempt, right? You, have, you can have an overexposure factor where there's just too much of you. On the other hand, his policies are very popular. How do we reconcile that? I don't think we know the answer to that yet. And that's where I do think your whoever's dumbest last loses plays even more into this. Because when you have a new paradigm, a new formula that is being out there, that hasn't really been, it, 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 we're in the hypothesis stage of the scientific method right now. So we, we, it hasn't been experimented with, it hasn't been tested yet. We don't really know. And what happens if, if the stupid is where it is right now the rest of the way? That probably leads to one outcome. What happens if Trump does something really stupid in the last week? Um, we find maybe the October surprise around Halloween. Uh, he paid. Uh, I had uh, he three women come forward. Trump paid for our abortions. That will have an impact. There is no doubt about that. Okay, and that's, something's coming. That, that won't. That doesn't. That's not going to do wonders for your enthusiasm gap. Is that story? Let's. I think we right. all agree on that. Oh, okay, absolutely. And 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 you know what? We could also Nancy Pelosi. By the time we get to October might be wearing uh, I break for Kim Jong-un t-shirts at the rate she's going. She may have her face tatted like yeah. an honorary member of MS-13. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so when you, when you have this new paradigm where the issues that drive the electorate are in favor of one party, but the emotions and the, and the, and the energy that drives the electorate are in favor of the other, I've never seen anything like this. And I don't know that anybody has. Because we've never had someone whose media personality, it, he's more than a president, he's a force of nature. Because he was already a powerful celebrity brand before he got into the White House. And now you merge those things and he's everywhere. Everywhere. We, the Bush derangement syndrome is multiplied by a million. Community college professors are lighting themselves on fire in, in Susquehanna because of Trump. We didn't see that in the Bush years. We've never seen anything like this. And so that's why I do think you're a notion that, you know what, whoever does something to just go out of their way to piss the other side's base off at, at the very end is going to, that could be what ultimately determines this. Because these are two things that usually go together, guys. All right. Usually a president is popular because you like their positions. It's rare you like their positions and the president's not popular. In fact, it's never happened, ever. <laughs> All right. So I, I- Welcome to the rabbit hole. Even if my 2016 model had not been broken, I would still really be struggling right now 
with how forceful to be making forecasts when you have uh, you have a formula that we've never done the math on before, and the electorate is going to do the math in November, and 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 we'll have a precedent set, and we'll know more then when they have their say. Well, if you want to watch today's CRTV show, CRTV.com is how you can watch. And if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, it's just a quarter a day if you use my name as a promo code DACE. That's right, just about 25 cents a day. And you can watch our show, the great one, Mark Levin, uh, the entire team here at CRTV each and every day. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right, let's get to today's podcast. It is by Seller Hold. Our producer, Aaron, throws out a series of topics, hopefully non-lame ones. Todd and I will decide, are we buying that or selling that? Hopefully, with at least one good reason why. Once per show, you are permitted to use a hold, but since punking out and not taking a stand is a total violation of the due code, you will be scourged and violently and deservedly if you choose to exercise it for any reason other than your statement is so lame, it's not worthy of an answer. Aaron, you may begin. All right. Uh, new rule I'm impl- implementing this week for buy, sell, hold. Two minutes maximum. You will hear an alarm when you have surpassed your two minutes. <laughs> yeah, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Not that this is aimed at anybody in particular, Steve. Uh, no. Aaron's I, getting cranky. <laughs> no. No. It's just I'm getting 40, 40 replies, you know, and uh, more than that. That's just on Twitter. That's on the tweet that I put out. And so I just want everybody to get a fair shake because I'm a millennial, so I just believe that everything should be See, fair. You want participation and, awards. This- and it's unjust that people throw out their hard-earned statements on Twitter and they don't get them well, answered. Th- that's the paradox here. They want to keep coming in because we break down like two or three questions to their very core and then they just write letter after letter, hoping they're that one, two or three but now we're going to try to speed it up. Why don't you give up? Constantinus Rhoditis a spot to somebody else? <laughs> yeah, that's He's true. had enough participation. Yeah, yeah maybe we should that give kid's him gonna that kid's going to He's not a kid, actually. It's like, like a man See, running for office, right? <laughs> he's going to send me a W9, all right, at this stage. <laughs> um, how about we throw in this rule as well? Twice throughout the program, you can say, I need more time, and then you can just go on. Okay. How about once? How okay. about once? Okay, that's One. fine. All that's right, fine. Okay. All right, we'll start with Jeremy Frankel. Uh, the number of people watching the NBA Finals will be the lowest it's been since before the first Warriors-Cavs series four years ago. Sell. Sell. I'm going to sell. Uh, NBA ratings have been, they're having one of their best seasons they've ever had. Yeah. Uh, in the post-Jordan era. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm going to sell on that. I mean, the Game 7 with the Celtics and the uh, um, Cavs that the ESPN had the other night was 9.1, which I think is one of the highest overnights ESPN's ever had for an NBA playoff game. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to sell on that, even though I saw this stat today, guys. Since Jordan's last title in 1998, that's the, you know, the shot over Byron Russell when he kind of held the fadeaway mm-hmm. there. Since then... Every NBA final has had one of three players in it, if not multiple of these players. Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. Every NBA final since 1998. Think about that. That's crazy, isn't it? And you go tack on eight years and you add on Michael and Akeem Olajuwon and, you know, it's... It is. I mean, it's a, it's a league of dynasties, and that's why talk radio just talks everything to death. So actually, you listen to it sometimes, and it gives you the opinion, oh, we're going to do this again. We're looking at greatness versus uh, greatness, and that'll be true even if it's a four-game uh, sweep, which potentially could happen. I, I don't think you know there will be one game where LeBron just says, over my dead body, you're not winning this game. I'm not getting swept. But it's still remarkable what we're watching. You can make a case if Iguodala is healthy. If you're dividing the teams up and you just said pick, like we did in the schoolyard back in the day, LeBron's the number one pick. Are the next six players, given where Kevin Love's career is at right now, are the next six players Golden State Warriors? You can't make a case. That is the case. That is the case. Think of, and that's crazy. He's, he is, (laughs) those are not good odds, obviously. No. Uh, Rocco says Star Wars will be burned to the ground by Kathleen Kennedy and crew with episode nine, and it'll be called Soy Wars Episode Nine: A New Woke, starring Luke Shamewalker, Han Solo, Choose Your Gender, R2, Me Too, Leia Otherkin, C3PO, Pression, Pando Calrissian, Pando, and Donald Vader. Bye, Pando Calrissian. Bye, bye, bye. Yes, this guy gets it. Rocco gets it. I'll say this. This is becoming a thing online now. I mean, there are whole 
sites going to war with each other about Kathleen Kennedy and apparently she there's some urban legend she has some mandate that the, there has to be a feminine hero in every Star Wars I don't know what's going on but people this is becoming a thing now and they need to be George Lucas is speaking up now they need to be more self-aware and, and concerned about this yeah, I didn't. I didn't have the same reaction to Last Jedi, where this was concerned as you guys did. I mean, I I know what you were complaining about, but you know, Princess Leia still looked at the white male and said, "What are you looking at me for? Follow him." Luke still saves everybody at the end of the movie. Okay, they were clearly making some SJW nods, but I didn't view it as some kind of deconstruction of masculinity like some people did. Okay, but it we're at, we're kind of at the NFL anthem controversy issue now. Even though I don't necessarily see what some of you guys are seeing, it doesn't really matter. You can't tell a customer. You can't tell the customer what their perception of your product is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to base what your product is off of their yeah. perception. It's the other way around. And, what's- and the same thing's happening now. Whether you agree, so I kind of feel like I'm one of the players. I'm not protesting the anthem because I don't have like the same PC revolt against what they're doing that some of you guys do. But I'm, I'm realizing I'm actually in the minority here and this is becoming a thing and they better be more self-aware yeah. about it because they could find themselves in this in the situation that the NFL has been in the last two years where the, the, the most dummy-proof business in America and they have, they have misstepped along yes. the way in order to get curry favor with Woke Center 50 million times you can see Star Wars is maybe beginning to go down this exact same road and to hammer that point home uh, Solo I haven't seen it yet but based on all the reviews he finds his pet robots clitoris well, and that well, yes yeah, people are, does that happen yes it happens yes so that that's my point. It let, let by and large, I think most it, it, this movie is a beat. People are say it's not bad, it's not great. Um, it's just kind it of was, unnecessary. Kind of, it doesn't do anything. But it was it, it was doesn't fun. push anything. It well, when you anything. tried to do everything in the last one, a lot of us think that you know you you did nothing at all too. But let's say this movie is a beat. What is the lo- but what are more people talking about? than anything else regarding this. All the, the social comments. Lando Calrissian yeah, and yeah. Who, who is he gay or not. That's yeah. it. And they made it beyond, he's, it's beyond gay. He, he, he literally finds his robots erogenous zone. Literally manipulates her clitoris. If, and, and if they wouldn't have been open that they were intending to do this, it's done in such a clumsy, contrived way. You would have watched it without their commentary and thought, is that me when I think, ah, that can't be what it is. And just moved on. But since they wanted everybody to know up front, yes, it is, when you see this, it is what you think. Then you recognize what they're what they're what he's mentioning is that you know he got his robot off. That's what they're basically saying. I, I I don't know what the audience size is for that content, but based on the based on the box office, it had over a four day weekend where it barely got over a hundred million over a four day weekend, and it had the name Star Wars on it. Clearly, it's not large. I am proud of both of you guys. You, you, you used your entire four minutes down to the bone. Also, I want to start another break. I keep having these ideas for break content, mean tweets, Steve, Steve's mean tweets or something like that. Uh, I think another one should be things that could only be said in 2018. And uh, I'll add to that list, I got my robot off. Um, moving on to Oregon Redskin. Roe v. Wade has a serious challenge by 2030. Oh, I'll buy. Well, buy. Everything other than the pro-life industry's ability to manifest legislation that actually creates legal standing for that challenge is in place. We're winning every cultural argument. Um, the younger generations that are trending up are more pro-life than the previous one. Meaning everything for this to be an easy sell or an easy buy is in place except for the one thing that would make it all necessary. And that is we need legislation to be considered at that level that calls this into a question. They, they can't just get up in June and say, mm-hmm. guys, Roe versus Wade is gone. There, there needs to be a case sitting on their desk. It might be the heartbeat bill in Iowa. It, it, well, it might be. But, but, but understand, to, it, to get that bill passed out of an overwhelmingly Republican legislature, it had to be watered down by 40, 50% of what we originally put in, in sure. front of them. And then, and then fact, the national yeah. right to life wouldn't even, won't support it, okay? So I'm going to buy because I just want to be optimistic, 
but everything's in place to make that happen, except we need more legislation to cause the question to be considered. I, I'm going to buy. I also think the quality of our profits uh, is going to improve uh, partially because of how bad they've been uh, these uh, many years. I, I think people are going to realize in many sectors that we just can't leave it up to the kind of um, the system that mm-hmm. you just talked about mm-hmm. and that we are going to have uh, a lot uh, more men and women uh, who just don't care anymore, crying out in the desert. They're going to come from all, all shapes and sizes, walks of life. I think our witness on this issue is only going to get better. Blake Johnson is just trolling us. Solo, a Star Wars story, is 100 times better than the mind-numbing mess that is The Last Jedi. I, I, You guys haven't seen it, so you can't grade it. I have. I think The Last Jedi is a great film. I understand why people are uncomfortable in some of the directions they took the characters. If you set that aside, the quality of the filmmaking, the pacing, the writing, um, I think it's an extraordinary film, and I've watched it through all the way through four times. Solo is not a bad film. It's just a McMovie. That's all. It is, I'm driving down the interstate, kids are in the car, we're on a long road trip, everybody's hungry, uh, go through the drive through and they've got uh, two for four Big Macs and, uh, uh, and a 20-piece McNugget for $1.99. After everybody eats it, are they happy? Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they no longer hungry? Sure. But on the other hand, you know, when you're having company over or it's Easter, Thanksgiving, or Christmas, are you like, all right, honey, uh, I'm going to run through and get the two for four Big Macs and a 20 piece. You see what I'm saying? It's it's not an event. It's an excuse. It's I, I would compare it to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It has its moments. It's the weakest film they've made, but but it's still overall <laughs> worth your time. Take that comparison any day of the week. So yeah, absolutely. And they were smart to make a McMovie out of this. He's not Han Solo is super cool, but he's not the existential hardest star. Would just make a really fun movie, and I, I hope that's what. Well, uh, the I timing see. of this is bad because there's a lot of people that are very upset about the narrative direction Ryan Johnson took the last movie to. Rightly so. And so when you only have a six-month layover from that, and then the next Star Wars movie you put out doesn't address any of that because it's not even in that time period. And then it has this oddly cool but oddly placed cameo that unless I watch Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars television shows on 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 Cartoon Network, I don't understand. I thought this guy died a long time ago. Why is he there? I don't want to spoil it for people. So the... There's a lot of things conspiring against this movie. A lot of people are not happy with how Han Solo was killed off in The Force Awakens. So you put all those things together and you get a disappointing box office result. On Correct. top of the, all the controversy with the original filmmakers were fired in the middle of the movie and everything else. Neil Hess says, in the next 25 years, a state of the union splits. Example, North and South California. Um. We, we, can't, we can't get states, when they defund Planned Parenthood, to say no to a federal judge in another state when he tells them what they can and cannot do with their budgets. The only state I can think of right now telling the feds to take a flying leap on anything are like the like Oregon and California, I think, have told the feds we're not going to disperse the sanctuary full Trump stuff. The, the tax cuts in the sanctuary cities. Uh, no, we're not even close to that kind of truth. There's not the balls on the right it would take. I mean, we can't get maybe the best Republican governor in America. If you walked into Greg Abbott's office right now in Texas and said, "Hey, man, just totally ignore that federal judge across the the Oklahoma border. He has no power to tell you how to make your own budget, and he couldn't enforce it if you if he, if you defied him anyway. He'd look at you like you have two eyes in the same socket." We're not anywhere close to doing that on the right. Nowhere close. So hard sell, easy sell. I can't imagine. uh, The left, like it needs to keep many of uh, the various tribes that it panders to uh, for their vote and their vote alone with no real intention of proving their lives. The same thing was true for California. I mean, that thing is going to continue to devolve, uh, fall into the sea in terms of its quality of life. But uh, the Democrats needed to be uh, a guaranteed 
uh, vote for Demo- vote for Democrats. Uh, so that splitting that would uh, jeopardize uh, that. I think. Um, they have the they have the, that jungle primary system there now. We don't even uh, John Cox is probably the Republican polling the best in the state. I've known John Cox for years because came to our home state in Iowa, tried running for president several years ago. I got to know him really well. It's not even a guarantee there will be a Republican on the ballot in November See? for governor, guys. Right. All right, come so come back to me when there when we when you let let's. Can we even know for sure that there's going to be a non-Democrat to vote for for governor in the state, a non-Marxist? And you're talking about the state splitting in half. I, I think there's a lot of people out there, God bless you, I think there's a lot of people out there that think the Republican Party and the conservative movement and conservative media actually believe at least half the crap they say that you buy. Ain't true. We, we won't even say no to a federal judge in a, that has no clearly no jurisdiction and no power to enforce his edict, let alone we're just going to, you know, if half the state's just going to secede. That's never, not in our lifetimes, baby. We, you, want to, you want a second testicle? Grow a first one, man. Grow a first one. Preach. All right, Mr. Bacon says the next Senate GOP leader after Mitch McConnell will be Mitt Romney. Bye. 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 Uh, Sell. There will not be a next uh, GOP leader. Mitch McConnell will be the GOP Senate leader forever. Overruled. And he will be in the Senate long after Mitt Romney is gone. Oh. No, yeah. I I think I'm in the middle. I I like where your head's on this, Aaron, but um, I don't think Mitch, uh, excuse me, um, Mitt has the staying power to wait out. He won't be there forever, but yeah, Mitch will approach as close to corpsehood as possible. Uh, Mitch McConnell and, will be the very first ever party Senate leader lying in state simultaneously <laughs> while Senate leader. Yeah, that uh, that checks out. Uh, let's see. Matthew Shoon says, despite the new anthem policy, the NFL continues to see a double-digit rating decline. Follow up. Because of this, they will reverse their policy prior to the 2019 season. I think there's... Take these one at a time. uh, The first one I will buy on, although I think that still might be a little high, it will bring some people back, but a lot of damage has been done. and And I have said all along, I've written columns about this, while polling is showing that the that that revulsion to the anthem protest was the number one reason people were no longer watching the NFL it was like at 23% on a on an, in an option of nine other choices you know you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so so it's the number one agitator but it's but but they have systemic other problems that every other uh, you know televised entity has right now with cord cutting and costs and and everything else attendance at the NFL last year was up across the board so their television ratings are suffering but uh, popularity and attendance in the games actually doing very well so there even if you didn't have and I've been saying this all along so I'm this, you guys have heard me say this so I'm not changing my tune even if you didn't have the anthem problems they would have other problems what you don't want to do, though, just as ESPN would have other problems if it weren't for the fact they're, 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 they're young Turks now. What you don't want to do when your industry, is its business model, is devolving, when it's deconstructing. What you don't want to do is when people are already coming to the conclusion, maybe I can, I can live without consuming this product that I previously thought I couldn't live without. You don't want to give them more reasons to come to that conclusion at the time they're contemplating it, is what I'm trying to say. So if the, if the NFL had had this anthem problem 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen a double digit, 17%, I think was the number, that wouldn't have had a 17% decline in their ratings. But when you do it at a time that systemically, the television media industry, the previous business models are deconstructing and devolving because of technological changes. The worst time is when that's going on, is to then come to people and say, hey, let me give you one more reason not to buy. And that's what ESPN and the NFL have both done. So I, I, I will buy, even though I think that number's a little high, that they will still have some ratings declines. I will sell on the other matter. They aren't going to open up this battlefront again. Or let me rephrase that. This front ain't coming open again as long as Donald Trump is president. Because they know that guy will gaslight them all the way to perdition's flame, man. They know Trump will run 
Uh, he'll every he'll he'll Trump will do rallies in 32 NFL cities in October, and it's all about standing for the national anthem. They know that. They know he will gaslight them to the last. And so not in the immediate future are they bringing that back. Aaron, when Steve asks for more time, it's just implied. I figured you <laughs> I was given one exception. Now. Yes, yes. I, I took it. There I you go. I don't think that counts, though. Steve's absolutely right was... on the latter. Uh, on the former, uh, I, I'm going to sell. At the outset, I think it, the opening week will actually be pretty robust because everybody will tune in to see what train wreck might happen. But it, it could end up being double digits if the NFL players double down if if any of them act, if if they if if team entire teams don't come out uh for the uh national anthem and I know Steve you said and you're right in terms of the odds but if some players decide to actually sit out games uh that uh, after week 1 then yes things could trend hard uh or they could just settle in Andy says FBI quote unquote contractors will be blamed for Trump spying Low-level people will go to jail for short terms, but no name-brand Obama officials will be pers- prosecuted. Uh, I'm, Bye. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna sell on everything you ask me about this story because I don't know anything. I, I don't understand it. I can't follow it. You know, uh, um, Alan Dershowitz is. If he keeps going down this road, um, he's good. He'll. he'll have to, you know, say goodbye to Fox News and not get booked there anymore. I, I you know what I'm saying? I don't know anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. I we tried to do an entire show last week. So um, here's what happened from my perspective in the last week. New York Times came out with a story that said their FBI had an informant in the Trump campaign. Every other media outlet has come out and said, and of course Trump lashed onto that. Every other media outlet on the left came out and said uh, fake news, even though the New York Times had the story. So we did a show on that last week, right? And since then, what's happened is two of the president's staunchest defenders legally in the media, Andrew Napolitano and, and Alan Dershowitz, who's even been more favorable to Trump, have both come out now and debunked this thing. We had a clip on CRTV today of, of, of Trey Gowdy debunking this clip. I, I don't. I don't know anything, and I'm half tempted to just never cover the story again until someone is is in a court of law is pronounced guilty or innocent, because I can't trust almost anything I'm seeing or hearing about it. I'm going to buy because porn stars. That's where this thing went. There's no way that that's the thing that they spend the most time on, and all of a sudden it's going to, hey, we got him. There's the big fish. No, it's not going to happen. And let me say, to add to what you just said, Todd, I'm this proposition has as much chance of being true as any others. Sure. So I'm just selling, not necessarily because I don't believe in this theory, I, I just don't know the answer comprehensively. All right, moving on. Randy Kobet says LeBron is better than Jordan. I, I'm going to sell only because I think it's a stupid debate. Okay. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know how you have this debate. There's different eras. They're they're not even the same player. One guy's a pure shooting guard. LeBron is essentially a physically more talented, gifted version of Magic as a point forward kind yeah. of a player. Didn't they're they they're actually, not the same. Didn't they actually have positions in basketball and NBA back when uh, Jordan was playing? They were far more defined. You know, we we had we had a few guys would play what we call now a stretch four. You know, we, you and I mentioned the name Tom Chambers mm-hmm. in, in jest before we went on the air today. He was kind of one of the first guys to play that position, but they didn't call that back then. You know, and so they kind of invented this position because of Dirk Nowitzki and others. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, back in those days, it was still a one was a point guard, a two was a shooting guard, a three was a small forward, a four was a power forward, and a five was a center. They were far more defined in the 80s and the 90s. We, we don't have, you know, stretch four, combo guard. A lot of the terminology we use today was just kind of coming into its infancy when Jordan played. It's a much different game. You could literally sodomize guys on the way to the hoop. I mean, what Jordan had to face with my Pistons and their Jordan rules, and then the Knicks, then the Knicks with Pat Riley, right. dude was getting misdemeanored, and I'm talking like high misdemeanors, yes. going to the hoop every freaking night of the playoffs. LeBron, everybody flops. Dude, if you flopped on Charles Oakley yeah. the way d- dude he was grabbing you by the neck dragging you on the onto the bench beating you to a pulp and no ref was calling a foul now everybody flops everybody's oh it, it, the NBA's freaking soccer card? now no way if you did that crap to Bill Lambeer or Robert Parrish 
your own teammates are like uh, he someone needed killing. Yeah. A totally different game. Now the game now though is more athletic, more free flowing. You've got to be more athletically skilled. You you the idea that you know James Worthy it didn't matter if he couldn't make an 18 foot jump shot he can still be a Hall of Famer. You can't do that in today's game. You you have to be so it's a different game. It's tough to compare. Todd, what he said. All right. Uh, let's see. President Trump this is from Pool Arch. President Trump will bring Dennis Rodman to the North Korean <laughs> summit. Sal. Uh, I think the odds are higher than maybe we suspect. That, t- that takes Kim too Kardashian's, much focus off of him. Uh, I, I, okay. <laughs> I'm going to sell. I'm, I'm, for, that's the right reason. I could see Dennis Rodman being invited to the White House. Sure. But you're but right. But that puts focus this on is, Trump. This is Trump's foreign policy yeah. debutante ball. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Todd. You're right. Bear, New Jersey says Donald Trump should make a statement about Irish vote on abortion by withdrawing our U.S. ambassador and canceling any visits to meet with Irish government. I would totally buy Bye. that. That'd be but, sweet. Yeah, I just think the we'll chances are actually uh, do that. negatory. Sh- you said he should. Well, yeah, he yeah, should. Right? That was that's, the question. Should. Yeah, yeah, I would buy that. You bet. Yeah. Here's Oregon Redskin with another one. Uh, Nancy Pelosi stays in office longer than Cocaine Mitch. Oh, that's an, that's the easiest sell oh, of this episode. Why did I say that was a good one? Mitch I should have known. Mitch will be in that office long after the rest of us are gone. It's kind of getting creepy that Steve's reached like a Detroit Lions level of certitude about that. And I, I didn't used to believe in that certitude. And then I sat here <laughs> and watched a game with him where he called like an impossible thing. He said, I no, called he's Aaron Rodgers fall- Hail Mary on, a, on the Monday night game oh, against yeah. my Lions. And then I That's also saw the one. Well, there was that one and the, the like the fumble on the one inch line. Yes. Rem- yeah, I, I saw it with my own eyes. So now I'm starting to believe this and I hate it. Displaced Seahawks fan says... The Supreme Court will force the cake bakers to bake the cake. It's the upcoming Supreme Court yeah. decision. Here's the thing. I didn't think, I thought we were going to lose the Hobby Lobby case. Because I couldn't understand how Anthony Kennedy could turn around and unleash the rainbow jihad and then turn around and say, eh, this is going a little further than I thought. Because he had to know, even though the Hobby Lobby case is about Obamacare, not the Rainbow Jihad, he had to know the precedent he was sitting here, setting here about conscience mm-hmm. was eventually going to come up in other fronts like the one he opened up. Wouldn't right. you think he knew that? I would think he knew that. I mean, he's been the trailblazer for the Rainbow Jihad on the Supreme Court for 20 years now. So you would think you would know that. Um. So I, I'm having a hard time then how he how he's the fifth vote in favor of Hobby Lobby and then he turns around and says, eh, but uh, I'm going to reverse myself. So I'm going to I'm going to sell that I think we're going to win that case, but man, I'm not confident, and and I think it's. It, it's Anthony Kennedy, man. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. It's fifty-one forty-nine on these cases, depending on which side of the bed he gets up on. Did he gets up on his libertarian side or his libertine side? And you sometimes you don't know. I'm, but I'm going to say sell. I think we will win the case, but I'm not confident about it. I agree. Generally, I'm also going to sell. There have been some lower court rulings uh, of late that have trended in the direction we would hope for and i unfortunately i the courts are this while they were under uh uh an obama shadow i i I think they are very um emotionally and psychologically driven and they they were living under the safety of that tent and now i think they're kind of swinging over and living under the safety of this tent for a little while uh which doesn't mean a conservative valhalla but more more rulings that make sense to us for the time being. So, like Steve, a tepid sell. A equals A says, I've got 99 problems, but Roseanne Barr ain't one. Bye. We know more about Roseanne Barr's ambient usage than we do the worst mass murder in American history. Guys, come on, man. Come on. Uh, bye, in general. The one thing to come out of this, and it, it's not a... Um, um, a way of doing oh, oh gosh what's the way we always called it um when the other guy is worse the thing that you you did a what whole about thing. ism what about ism mm. thank you it's not a what about ism 
but yeah. there there are any number of shows yep. on the left, stars from the shows, whatever, that have done, said, whatever, at the same level that everybody just shrugs their shoulders and blinks at. I could, I never watched a single minute of Roseanne. I didn't care when that first episode came. Like, oh, this is great. I don't really care now. But that deserves to be said. A equals A with another one that is kind of controversial, or at least I think it'll be. Uh, Tabasco is the best hot sauce so, on eggs. So, see, it is I can't, controversial. I can't digest it on any issue, on any level. So, so, but that's not the question. So just no so it's hot a, sauce. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a Tabasco. I can't digest. No, Tabasco is a beautiful, beautiful thing uh, on eggs. As is Frank's and, and hot I like sauce. Ketchup. I like ketchup on eggs. No, that see, just you're not a ugly American. No, that's no. No, <laughs> ketchup on eggs. Yeah, I like ketchup on eggs a lot. I yeah. know. Yeah, that is an ugly. Made my American. bacon and, and uh, uh, you know my typical after workout omelet. Three uh, of the organic brown eggs at Costco. Okay, good. A little almond milk. Um, no. Lemon pepper, sea salt. Oh, gosh, um, lemon pepper. What? Where are we? In like Massachusetts and Martha's <laughs> Vineyards? Yeah. Uh, you're gonna like where I'm going. Where it goes next? It's gonna take a turn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just Carl Lewis me. Okay, now I gotta look at you. I'll make it up to you. I'll make it up to you on the back end. All right. And we uh, we throw in. Uh, usually I, I've got to have you know I'm, a, I'm I'm Sicilian Italian. I got to have some basil or some oregano in there. Got it. Like uh, it. But you're gonna like how we're gonna on the on the back turn. All right. We've got we throw in the bacon. Excellent. And I put cheese curds in it. Yeah. So they melt inside the omelet. And the texture and the consistency of the cheese curds. That's a mic drop. That's that overcomes that's a lot of sins right, right there. I, I, I thought I thought I'd win you over. That's right pretty the end. good. Yeah. That is pretty and good. She, and ketchup is good on cheese curds. And then ketchup. And then but don't drown it. You know, I I typically put like a I'll put like a strip okay. down the length of it and then mix it around just to give a little extra Got it. zest. Yeah. All righty. So uh, when was last year you guys were in high school? Nineteen ninety one. Okay. 1990. All right. Um, there's a guy named Steve Hevern who uh, provides us with uh, uh, quite a bit of feedback. He came up with a list, actually a spreadsheet, of the top 20 songs while you guys were in high school. We are going to buy, sell, or hold, same way we do with every list. We're going to lose a listener. We are going to lose I'm a listener. I'm pretty sure this list is going to suck. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at okay. it, and... I don't know, man. It's actually pretty good. All right. We'll start okay. with number 20. Here I go again. White Snake. Here I go again. Yeah, you know what? My I could buy that. Yeah. Top 20 while you and I were in high school? Yep. I mean, I was a freshman when that song was a hit in 87. <coughs> and that song was, a, that's, you know what? See, I can, mm -hmm. I like, if that's where we're starting, this may have more potential than I thought. All right? I'm going to buy. I... I'm going to sell uh, not a bad song, a song that I might even turn up the volume on if I hear it in my car now. But the reason it is so popular is because of the video featuring his wife, David Coverdale's wife, Tawny Katane. It w we wouldn't be talking about this if it weren't for that. Well, I mean, it's a value added, but it's still a pretty good song. <laughs> it's, that's the most understated thing you've ever said in your life. Uh, number 19, Addicted to Love. Bye. Bye. Well, although that song was that when I was in junior high. I was in the eighth. Yeah, I was in the eighth Todd, grade. Todd would have been yeah, in. So I'm a freshman. But that's. I mean, it's a, it's one of the great songs of that decade. Bye. Bye. And that's yeah. another song that a lot of people say. Well, it's the video, and and I, I would say in both cases, the videos probably got people to listen to the song. Each of those songs that maybe they otherwise wouldn't. But in the end, the song is what makes the sale. You can use other elements to get to get you an audience, but the song's got to close the sale. Yeah. Bye. All right, plush Stone Temple Pilots. I like the addition of the grunge. That's a great album. This is number eighteen. Um, that was their breakthrough song, uh, but it's not my favorite Stone Temple Pilots song. So I'm going to sell, but but I do so with much respect for going there playing. Going to the grunge yeah. of that era, um, uh, he's he, you know what man, you're over the target. I just would have, I would have maybe bombed a, in a different locale, but we're in the same area code. We're zip code. I'm gonna sell 
Uh, I, I there's other. I, I I agree on the grudge aspect, but I I just envision other bands and other songs in this place before Stone Temple Pilots. Like if I I would pick like probably Vaseline would probably be that be that would probably be the STP song that I would pick. Although my kids love love when we're doing chores or something around the house. They've loved it since they were little. And Plush comes on in my rotation because um, they don't understand the whole thing about the dogs. They Oh, no, the dogs, they found her. The dogs smell her. They've always thought the whole thing's just really weird. Uh, number 17, I Remember You by Skid Row. Great call. All right, man. You know what, Steve? Bro. I don't do this often. Steve's getting the feels here. I'm getting the vapors here. I don't do this often, Steve, but I was wrong, man. Dude is too legit to quit when you're dropping this one in. This might be the most underrated power ballad of the era. The problem, Sebastian Bach is a classically trained singer, by the way, uh, who has incredible range. The problem was his group couldn't come up with enough good songs that he became known more as a vocalist. But this is a great song. I'm totally down with this. I don't think I've heard this before, Todd. Uh, I will buy because if you're thinking back to our time and particular styles of music, the power ballad from a bunch of long-haired crackheads is, it, <laughs> yes, is one of the staples. You can turn that up, man. I haven't heard oh, this in yeah. several years. It's a good tune. Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. I mean, obviously... That's that, one of my karaoke yeah. staples. Yeah. There you go. Is that song. Okay. Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Yes. Now, I can't stand Poison. When my wife moved in with me and she started putting all her Poison CDs in yep. my... Yes. I got... I, I started to twitch. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> no. And then I went out and bought her own CD rack where she could put like rat <laughs> and poison in that stuff. <laughs> but Every Rose Has Its Thorn is like right in my key. And so I, that's, that was one of my karaoke Steve staples when I was in college. He has a key. I love it. I didn't it. say it was a good key. It <laughs> might even be a skeleton key, but it's a key. All right, number 16, Pour Some Sugar On Me, Def Leppard. Yeah, it's a staple, man. Absolutely. Now, well, actually, my favorite Def Leppard song is from before I was in high school. So this one was when I was in high school. I mean, if I had to go with my favorite, it would be... Um, uh, photograph is my favorite, but I w- that's from but from this Pyromania album, hysteria when I was in elementary school. And, uh, but from this album when I was in high school, this is this yeah, is this the, was huge. This is the turn it up jam. This is like their magnum opus right here. This is this is Def Leppard's Everlong. Is this song? Hmm. Yeah, I will. I will buy. All right, number fifteen, Home Sweet Home by the Motley Crew. Another oh power, yeah, power another another her. classic power ballad. Bye. All right, I gotta buy that too. Yep. I, this is a now. I, I might not have had these ranked the way he does. Like I remember you, I think is a, is a, is is better than any song he's mentioned so far. But the the I'm just impressed with the overall range we're in. I'm impressed. The toughest thing to think about is what you after this list is done. What was left off? Because when my one of my favorites of all time, and I didn't even is Billy Joel, and he wasn't on your list last week. Um. I love Billy Joel. Yeah. I just don't think he's one of the 25 greatest vocalists. But I, I love Billy Joel as an artist. I think he's a great artist, yeah. In terms of, if we did singer-songwriters, oh, he'd be in the top 10. You know what I'm saying? That, sure. it, I, I would put Billy Joel similar to how I had Paul McCartney ranked. Well, I don't think McCartney is a great mm-hmm. lyricist. He's a very good one, as is Billy Joel. But he made the list because his overall song catalog, mm-hmm. and I think we would both agree it's superior to Billy Joel's. No offense, okay? But I think if we did singer-songwriters... That might be where Paul McCartney's like maybe number one and Billy Joel's somewhere in the top five or ten. And yeah. maybe Elton John doesn't make the list because Bernie Taupin wrote all his music, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. Number 14, Friends in Low Places. Garth oh, Brooks. another one of my karaoke staples. Bye. Absolutely buy. It's a good spot All right, man. Too. Dude, Steve. List- I, I, Steve. This might be actually the first successful list. This is the best list we've had yep. that I have not done yet. Yep. <laughs> Which only means if Except and when Steve strokes out on this one, it's uh-huh. going to be more glorious oh, than ever yeah. before. <laughs> Don't let me down at the end, man. Don't let me hanging. Uh, 13, Paradise City, Guns N' Roses. Bye. Their best song. I'm, I was never a big GNR fan. Uh, I wouldn't put it this high. But uh, but I'm going to buy it because they, he picked the right one. And I, I just like I, his overall flow here. If and we might have more GNR. I mean... Th- Coming up, I mean, this could have been um, 
um, Welcome to the Jungle. It could have been um, Sweet, Sweet Child, Child of Mine. Was there big? But hit. the yeah. fact that we, there's this is thirteen. You said, Aaron. Um, what did I say? Paradise City. Yes. Yeah, if there's twelve songs, this is gonna better than that. It's gonna. This is a great list. All right, now tw- number uh, twelve. It's Summer Nights by Van Halen. First miss. Yeah, I big miss. This I don't is, think I've heard this. This is a big miss. Maybe this is. A, maybe we can allow this. Maybe this is a personal favorite of his. Everybody's allowed that, but th- this is not no. even. I mean, on the Van Hagar list of Van Halen songs. Yeah, which is, is which a, would be our high school era. This isn't even. Yeah, this I is mean, a, in the top ten. This is a big miss. I'm gonna give you a mulligan though, yeah. coming around Amen Corner. Sure. I mean, when you're when you're when you're six under on the front nine, on you know at Augusta, I'm gonna let you kind of you know hit it you know in the rough, uh, it, uh, you know coming around Amen Corner. We're gonna cut you a little bit of slack on this one, but it's a hard sell. All right, number eleven. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. You two. See, because I knew, I knew if we gave him the mulligan, I knew we would ship out of there. And and still get up yeah. and down. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And he just did. Tap, yep. Yep. Tap in chip. Yeah. Agreed. Bye. Bye. Number ten, fly to the angels slaughter. Oh now what? Now 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 <laughs> it's when Johnny Miller comes on and he's like, I think he might blow this Vern. Um, so uh, I never heard this. Uh, I didn't, uh, there's a reason why. Oh, no, I, I no, and and I, I'd rather death metal. <laughs> I'd rather have ch- cherry pie by Warrant, where John Elway went his hair hair metal phase, and I hated that band than this hard sell. Sell small town at number nine by John Cougar Mellencamp. Bye, too high. Bye, but again, I like the vibe, so I'm going to buy. I too just, high. The older I get, if John Cougar Mellencamp comes on. I mean, I just, I get him more and more uh, in what he, I put him in that, you know, Billy Joel kind of world. I mean, the storytelling, um, fantastic. Number eight, High Enough by Dan, uh, Damn Yankees. This oh, is Damn an Yankees. intriguing Damn choice. Yankees, the ensemble pulling right? together yeah, from different uh, bands. The Motor City Madman, Ted Nugent's in yes. this. This is a great this is, song. This is a great song. This. I don't want oh. This is a great song. This is uh, Midnight uh, Who? The lead singer's from... I just remember he had really cool sunglasses. What was his name? I don't know, but what was his... There is was, Neil... Sh- no, no, I was Two guys from that band that he was in Midnight. Um, I was thinking Neil Schoen, but no, it is Ted Nugent's the guitarist, Ted right? Ted Nugent's the yeah. guitarist, but it was... Um, this is this is senior year oh boy Jenny Larson homecoming dance mm-hmm. right here okay um and I hadn't even thought about that name in a long this is time just Can't raw nostalgia speaking to me here yeah, yeah. so I think it's too high but I'm gonna I'm gonna grant it because I think it's an inspired choice I'll yes. buy alright number seven something to believe in by Poison wrong song Hard sell. It, was there another one that came out? Uh, well, yeah, you, you gotta in, go with every rose has its thorn. Okay, man. That yeah, came out in, but this in, is a good song. School. It is just too high. If you had given me this at uh, between fifteen and twenty, I would have taken that. This is where I think he still has a comfortable three shot lead here. Okay, just don't blow it. Just don't blow it. But I'm gonna sell on this one. Yeah, this is where you, you know just lay up, man. Okay, you don't have to go for it. Just lay up right here. You got it. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, number six is Don't Cry by Guns N' Roses. That's not the song. No, I'm getting worried. No, now that this is not the, no. I mean, we already had, what, Paradise City? This yeah. is not a bad song, but this is not, no. no. Hard sell. All right, number five, Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. Um, Sell, too, too high. It's too high, but... And we... Friends in Low Places yeah. is his magnum opus, yes. mm-hmm. but this was the song that sort of set him apart in the new era of country music, apart, you know, from the Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson, you know, era of the 70s and the Hank Williams Jr. era of the 70s and the 80s. So I'm going to sell, but not with prejudice. 
Like the last couple I've sold, I've I've been morally offended. Yeah. But I like I, I like where, what he's saying with this. He's one. fascinating. He's got a Garth Brooks obsession, and he's gone slaughter. I don't. You can't pin this guy down. I, 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 that's why I'm I'm selling. I'm dismissing the case, but with with without prejudice. Yes. All right, number four. I want to know what love is by Foreigner. Hey, see, I was in elementary school when that song came out. Man, what was like eighty two, eighty three? No, that's eighty five. Okay, so I was in the seventh or eighth grade. So I, I, I have an excuse to um, would have been while Todd was in high school though. To right? not no eighty five would have no. Not been. I would have still been in high oh. school. So we we get to we yeah. we get to give him a mulligan because I think we both would have sold right if we had to vote. Yeah, good song, yeah. but yeah. So yeah. All right, Bon Jovi, "Wanted," "Dead yes. or Alive" at number three. Bye. Yes. Now this is where Greatness. this is where the caddy comes up to you, right? You had this big lead. You looked at the leaderboard. You're like, you know, I kind of want to go for that Gene Sarazen record. You know, so I'm gonna like bust out the, you know, the three wood here from about 220 yards and see if I can just get it to just bounce right before it hits the green, and just kind of feather it there and see if I can get up there and I can eagle the hole that should be an easy birdie, right? You kind of get the sense, and then you then you bogey the hole that should be the birdie, and you kind of make that group behind you think they're kind of back in it when they're real or ahead of you when they're really not, and your cat because your caddy walked up to you and says, "Dude, come on, man, seriously." Does, does it matter if we win this thing with, with seven under or 12 under? Does it really matter? All that matters is whether we win it, right? So you know what to do on this par three, all right? Just get it on the green. And that's what this one is. Yep. Absolutely, even though it came out when I was in the eighth grade, since it's one of my all-time favorite songs, I must buy. This is the This most- is a redeemable act. This is the most masculine power ballad ever. It's like you take the normal power ballad yep. genre, and then, but what if we added like I'm guns and cowboys and, and stuff like that? And it, yeah. Is this the greatest bridge in the history no. of rock music? It's, the bridge to this no. song. Love this Could song. you make that argument? The bridge, this yeah. is the greatest bridge. It's, a, it's, it's the most quoted part of the whole song. Well, it's original. It's yes. just, yeah, it doesn't sound like I'm a cowboy else. on a steel horse I ride. But as good as ACDC is and as many good looks as they have in there, they all kind of sound the same to some degree. Yeah, this one is completely different. All right, number two. I don't know if I've heard this two? one. Two? Yeah, this is up, up at number two now. Oh, I thought we did. That was three? I thought that it was, was three. Like yeah, this is number four. two. Wow. Uh, Love Song by Tesla. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, no. From highest of highs to lowest of lows. This, this is a, a really this good is like song. Like hitting it into oh. the uh, bunker. It's a really oh, now, now. Now you got to. Now your caddy's up to you, brother. On seventeen, and he's like, "You get, don't Jean Claude Vandeveld this thing." But that's a really good song. Remember Jean Claude Vandeveld? No. Yeah, he like tend a hole in the British Open many years ago when he was supposed to win. And, and he kept tin cumping over and over again. And it got so bad that Channel 5, our local ABC affiliate, cut away from the final round of the British Open because they had a paid spot by local realtors. And the, and the final round went so far open from Jean-Claude Vandeveld going tin cup. And I only know about this because I was working on the Des Moines Register sports desk that Sunday. And I had to go and track down the story as we were inundated with angry calls. All right, from people who were ticked at our local ABC affiliate for dumping out of the last round of the British Open to go to this paid infomercial. But they they ended up doing it because Vandeveld refused to lay up in the British Open and he just kept drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. Interesting. Number one. Number one better hit, man. Otherwise, this is going to be a very inglorious runner-up finish. Do you not like that song? It's a really good song. It has no business being on this list. On the list? There's a lot of good songs. Oh, no. That's wrong. I could come up right now in five minutes. I'll come up with 75 songs better than that. No, you won't. And you'll agree on every one. You'll agree on every single one. I promise you I won't. You know that's true. Now, I'm going to buy. This this took guts. This is a great song. And while I might- It took guts to to tin cup it, too. But maybe after about uh, the 10th stroke, you kind of just decided I'll take a drop. I'm buying. You're fired. Well, I mean, and I, know, I mean it. That's I, a fireable offense. I think I think he redeems himself with number one. We've already talked about this band already. Uh, Where the streets have no name by U two. I think. Wow, this I is, wouldn't make it number one, man. Oh, but I, this is like my favorite U uh, two song. It's the best. I want. I, it wouldn't make number one. It's not better than I still haven't found what I'm looking for in my mind, but. I really don't want to watch a guy blow a, a five-shot lead 
on the final three holes of a major. So I'm just going to give it to him because the ignominious defeat in today's social media world that you will never, the scarlet letter, you're going to need more Ambien than Roseanne Barr right about now if you blow this one, all right? So I'm, I'm going to give it to him just because his overall final round was so impressive. I think he deserves to win. Bye. Well done. Finalist. Yeah. Finalist. Yeah, I thought this. Uh, I thought this was the perfect way to end this. You two. This is my favorite U two song. It's a lot of people's favorite U two yeah. song. It's a. It's a lot of people's favorite. All right, that's it. Good job. All right, Steve. Final thoughts. Good job, Steve. Uh, final thoughts, Aaron. I'll go to you. Um, I there's you know that we we went on for about well, an hour now, and I think we have hit every single topic under the sun. Like seriously, every single topic ever under the sun we have hit in the last hour. Are you not entertained? We're like the Cheesecake Factory of podcasts. We're yep. not good at anything. We just make every dish. Todd? I think we're the finest other programming you can yep. find. There is, Once again, there, nailed it. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Hey, hit subscribe there on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. Uh, leave us a positive review. That helps us to get the word out. Thank you to so many of you that have already done that. We're back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. 